0: scary movies Uh uh-huh what's your favorite scary movie oh you want to play psycho killer can i be the helpless victim hello and welcome to real horror shows quick review with me lee mark isn't going to be with us this week he's sitting on a naughty step rethinking his life choices after admitting to everybody so publicly that he likes Howard the duck so good luck to mark make the right choices today i'm going to be reviewing scream or scream 5 or if you like five cream It should have gone with five cream i saw this last week and i really really enjoyed the film i went in there knowing very little about it i'd kind of seen the first trailer and then avoided everything else after hadn't really read any of the reviews in case it spoiled anything kind of avoided any social media relating to scream in case some asshole fucking put spoilers on it i just went in there without a clue of what to expect really really enjoyed it i felt this benefited my experience of the film so today i'm not going to be doing a spoiler heavy review it's going to be very light on spoilers if any at all I don't want to I don't want to be that guy I don't want to ruin it for anybody who hasn't seen it yet I'm sure there are some people like I said it's only been out a week there are a lot of spoiler heavy reviews online so I would avoid them just avoid anything before you go in to see this film because you'll be disappointed if you don't so anyway, taking over directing duties from the late Wes Craven, are Matt Bettinelli, Olpin, and Tyler Gillette, who are collectively known as Radio Silence, they directed Ready or Not a couple of years ago, a film that again I really, really enjoyed. This time is written by James Vanderbilt and Guy Busick, based on characters by Kevin Williamson, of course. And starring, we have some returning legacy characters. We have Nev Campbell as Sidney Prescott, Courtney Cox as Gale Weathers, and David Arquette as Dewey Riley also returning is Deputy Judy Hicks played by Marley Shelton uh, yeah she took over the sheriff's job after Dewey has retired the score this time ran handled by Brian Tyler he he uh, did the score for Iron Man 3 the later Rambo films also Ready or Not I don't know if you remember um, in Scream 2 Dewey's theme was actually the music from uh, Broken Arrow I believe which I think was scored by Hans Zimmer That makes that makes a reappearance in this one which was a, a nice touch I should mention that this is the first screen film not produced by Dimension Pictures. I think Paramount own the rights now, and I'm assuming that's because Dimension are no longer a thing, given that Weinstein's been banged up in prison. Yeah, you can rot in hell, you fat sack of shit. Let's hope somebody's wanking in your pot plant. Let's do the synopsis. This isn't funny, Amber. Would you like to play a game, Tara? (laughs) Doors unlocked. All doors locked. Doors unlocked. You ready? For this? Never. Oh, There's certain rules to surviving. The attacks were all on people related to the original killers. Whatever his link is to our past, it's pulled us all back here. And I won't sleep until he's in the ground. 25 years after the original series of Woodsboro murders a new ghost face emerges and Sidney Prescott must return to uncover the truth let's look at the return for a minute I mean it seems you look at films like Die Hard where Bruce Willis keeps getting in these like increasingly stupid situations and you think well that's clearly fucking bullshit I think they handle Sidney's return to Woodsboro very well in this film because it makes very little sense that somebody would keep voluntarily going back into these situations where they're nearly always five seconds away from being murdered happen in this film that really justify her return I mean Gail is there but Gail's fame hungry and there's a story so she's, she's happy to throw herself in harm's way to sink her teeth into a new story Dewey obviously he never, he didn't leave Woodsboro so he's still there but bringing Sydney back they handle that well for the story it makes sense and doesn't seem utterly fucking ridiculous it's also supposed to serve as a bit of a torch pass I think if they make a screen six which I'm sure they're going to based on how well this film's doing I mean this film I think I've read somewhere it was like made for 24 million and that's chicken feed for a modern film most films are made for like 100 million, 200 million. I think even for a horror film, Scream 2 and 3 which were like made in the late 90s early 2000s, they were like 40-50 million dollar pictures so this is really, really cheap and it's already on track to do very well so I'm sure there will be a Scream 6 and if there is and they rely more on the new characters and probably don't even like have the, the, the legacy characters return, I don't have a problem with that I think it would be a good movie. I would happily watch it. I like these characters enough you've got Melissa Barrera, she plays Sam Carpenter and Jenna Ortega she plays Tara Carpenter, her sister they're both great, Jack Quaid who you might know from Amazon's The Boys, uh, Yeah, he's great famously the son of Dennis Quaid and Meg Ryan and yeah he's, he's, he's great one of my favourite characters, Mikey Madison she plays Amber Freeman, Amber's a great character, yeah I would have no real problem with a Scream 6 that didn't feature, although don't get me wrong it's nice to have the characters come back it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if, if they didn't I would be okay with that so let's look at the series so far Scream was a love letter to horror movies there's obviously had the, the character of Randy and he sort of established that there are like rules for horror movies uh, there are certain rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive a horror movie rule one don't talk about horror movies rule two don't feed them after midnight and rule three don't eat yellow snow then the sequel concentrated on sequels obviously Scream 2 it was the rules of sequels Scream 3 was the rules of a tree Scream 4, bizarrely, was remakes, I believe, and given that it wasn't a remake, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. This one, this time around, it, it talks about recalls. I don't know if you know what a recall is. It's kind of like what Halloween have been doing and the Terminator franchise has done, kind of ignoring everything that came before, bar the original. I mean, I understand why uh, the Terminator films did it. Everything that came after T2 was shit, utter fucking garbage. But I quite like some of the Halloween sequels, and I think it does a bit of a disservice to everybody who worked on them. I love the second one. I love the fourth one. I like the third one, even though it's not a Michael Myers film. But the fifth and sixth were admittedly shite. But yeah, Scream isn't a requal, so I don't really get that either. You could watch this film having only seen the original and it would be fine. But it does acknowledge things that have happened in the past. Like things that have come before it. So it's not a requal. The one thing it does do, very cleverly, I think, is kind of bulletproof itself against criticism. At the start of the film, it opens with, uh, with a girl at home and the phone rings and it's the ghost face killer, and as the conversation goes on, it gets more and more sinister, until she ends up being attacked, and fighting for her life, but when questioned about her favourite scary movie, she answers with elevated horror films, such as The Babadook, The Witch, uh, Jordan Peele films are mentioned also, she explains what elevated horror is, and from that point on, Scream very cleverly lets you know, that it doesn't think it's that kind of film, it doesn't think it's an elevated horror film, it knows it's a dumb slasher film, and it has fun with it, and being self-aware of what it is, it kind of, protects it a little bit against harsh criticism it's, it very cleverly uses the stab films that have been introduced in the past and uses them to say look we know what we are we're a slasher movie we're not some deep horror movie that, that has all these hidden meanings this isn't that film it knows it isn't that film and it kind of makes it hard to take a swipe at it so I admire them for doing that yeah really really enjoyed this film I think what I liked most was the film serves as a really touching tribute to Wes Craven obviously at the end in the credits you have like the four Wes come up which is nice but things that happened during the film itself are obviously meant as a tribute to Wes Craven I mean uh, Radio Silence they obviously love Wes Craven and this is a really nice tribute to that obviously Wes Craven's a director that meant a lot to me I grew up with A Nightmare on Elm Street and Shocker what are you waiting for dickhead you want to fry me then, do it you fucking insect the people under the stairs the hills of eyes the serpent and the rainbow just so many great movies and Wes Craven was a big part of my childhood a big important part of my childhood so obviously when he died you know i, I was as sad as every other fan and uh, yeah they really do pay nice tribute to to wes craven here this feels like a wes craven film even though it's not even though he didn't direct it you wouldn't know it slots into the rest of the series perfectly it could very easily be directed by wes craven so they do that well there's not really a lot else i want to say about this film because i don't want to spoil anything I really don't want to let anything slip. If there's one thing about this film I didn't like too much, it was the. And I'm, this isn't really a spoiler because if you watched the trailer, you already know this. They spoiled it. The location of the end of the film turns out to be the house from the original scream, Stu Mucker's house. And it could have been a nice reveal. There's a point where, like, I think Sydney realizes the address that the kids have gone to, and then the camera pans out to reveal that it's Stu Mucker's house. But A, if you know the film well, like I know the film, Just the interior shots alone give away the fact that it's Stu Mocker's house, which is unavoidable, I guess. But they spoiled it in the trailer, and it doesn't make any sense to spoil such a great reveal. On a side note, me and the wife are going on holiday soon and we're starting in San Francisco and you can actually stay at that house now as an Airbnb and I tried to book to see if we could have a night away in this house and I think it's booked solidly for the next two years so that was like a major fail but that would have been awesome. Yeah, I, I think the fact that it became an Airbnb kind of gave, gave away in, in that that it's going to be in the new screen film. So yeah, that's a reveal that it kind of like, I'm not giving too much away to say that. It's a shame they sport it in the trailer. But that's a minor niggle. I do love this film. I do love that they've really upped the violence. It's a scream, baby! It's not just a series of people getting like boringly shot and stabbed anymore. The stabs count. You see the knives doing some damage. This ghost face is far more brutal than any of anyone that's come before it. There are a lot of surprises in this film. Some great, some kind of sad. But... I'm not going to go any more into depth than that. I would say Scream 5 for me is a solid four-star movie and settles in in my ranking of favourites just behind the original. It used to be Scream, Scream 2, Scream 4, Scream 3... Scream 3 is shit. It's a film I just really don't like but yeah I think Scream 5 has nestled nicely in between the original and Scream 2. It's that good. I, I strongly advise you to go and see it before you have it spoiled for you because there's only so long you can avoid spoilers. Don't let it be spoiled go in there knowing very little and you'll enjoy it more. Anyway that's all I'm going to say on the subject of Scream. I've done my best not to let anything out any cats out of the bag. On the next episode which will be episode 6. Marco will be back and we will be talking about our favorite black and white films we've kind of set the caveat of we can't include universal monster movies because sadly our, our list would be chock full of them you know we'd have the likes of Bride of Frankenstein, Wolfman, Creature from the Black Lagoon so we, we figured if we just omit them it makes it a little bit more challenging for us so we'll see how we get on with that and yeah hopefully you'll be here for that so thanks for listening and take care and see you on the next episode.